Aloha, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show. And as always, I am your host, Ronnie Landis. I am also the founder of the Holistic Health Mastery Program. This is my online holistic nutrition certification course, which is designed to take a student from the basics of natural nutrition all the way to the most cutting-edge areas of integrative health and lifestyle transformation. This program is really unlike anything else that's ever been available on the internet featuring a comprehensive 70-video lesson curriculum, 55 bonus videos, a student community support group, and a monthly live video training with me personally, which is like doing a coaching session with me and hundreds of students from all over the world each and every month. This program has received incredible reviews and feedback from students of all backgrounds and all educational levels, such as the budding health experts and professionals to longtime holistic wellness enthusiasts, all the way to the complete beginner. There seems to be a lot here to offer to virtually everyone who has a keen interest in learning how to optimize their body, mind, and spirit through redesigning what they believe is possible, not only for their health, but ultimately for their life and the lives of those around them. And one more thing that sets this course apart from all others is that once you enroll, there are no hidden fees, no limitations on the content that you can access up front, and no time restrictions. This means that once you purchase the program, it is yours, period. End of story. There's no 6- or 12-month time limitations with a continuation fee waiting for you at the end. This is a go-at-your-own-pace course that you can continue to access as a lifelong resource that will prove to be an investment into your education, into your health, and into your personal growth that will bear fruit for years to come. So you can find more information and enroll into the Holistic Health Mastery Program at www.holistichealthmastery.com. And now on with our show. So today's episode is with a colleague of mine from across the way in the UK, Graham Javon. And if you've been paying attention to the holistic health and integrative nutrition space on social media, then you've undoubtedly come to hear about uh, this individual or his work um, in some form or fashion, or you definitely you know, you've heard a lot about him possibly. He's been making a lot of noise on social media in the last couple years. And actually him and me did a few interviews together uh, on YouTube and different places like that. You can actually go to YouTube and listen to some of our recorded conversations. Really cool stuff. And we have been in contact over the last couple years getting a feel for one another as up-and-coming professionals in this field and what an incredible individual I have to say this conversation definitely was different than what I was expecting I expected to go into the more technical aspects of his work as a biological nutritionist and a microscopist which is a blood cell analysis um, a form of analyzing the red blood cells for impurities and um 
uh, disease detection and that kind of thing. I know that's a big area of his focus as of recently. I thought we were going to go way deeper into that, and we definitely go into some of the nuances of his work, but this was much more of a philosophical and personal exploration than I originally anticipated, but I have to say after listening back to the interview, I'm so glad it took the direction that it did because what an incredible conversation this really was. It was just really vulnerable, really authentic, really real, and a breath of fresh air that I think a lot of people that have been in the health and personal development space for a while, you're really going to enjoy this conversation, this flow of consciousness between the two of us. It really goes into all kinds of twists and turns and I just think it's going to be really awesome for everyone to listen to and to really get some insights and some aha nuggets of wisdom that hopefully bear fruit in your own life from the seeds that get deposited from listening to this conversation. So without further ado, let's jump right in with Graham Javon. Enjoy. Graham Javon is a biological nutritionist, microscopist, and blood specialist, natural physiologist, as well as being Europe's most established, well-respected naturalist. Graham is is the founder of the Integrative Lifestyle Strategy, an education platform, biological nutrition, and chi bio-nutrition. With a remarkable background in biology and chemistry and the ability to read the body, he is recognized by some of the top specialists in the field of health and health science. Graham Javon is a naturopathic nutritionist who has extensively studied and worked alongside oncologists, homeopathic doctors, GPs, orthopedic surgeons, cardiologists, nutritionists, psychic healers, and even the Amazonian shamans in South America. This has given Graham a multidimensional insight into how and why the body functions the way it does and how disease can manifest and be healed authentically. His own remarkable story of incredible weight loss and real-life health transformation is exceptionally inspirational. He now shares his story and expertise in all corners of the world, helping thousands of people overcome health challenges and severe illness. Graham is renowned for putting your health back on nature's operating table and ironing out those kinks in your dietary and lifestyle choices. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Ronnie. How's it going? It's fantastic. It's really, really amazing. We live in incredible times, and I could not be more excited to have you on the show. I know we're going to dive into some really interesting and potentially untraversed territory, so I'm just really excited to have you here. Man, it's an absolute pleasure. It's been so long since we connected, right? And the last time we connected, I believe I was interviewing you. And we've done a few in the past, and it's been good flow, good vibes. But I'm ready to share some cutting-edge information and some um, info on some technology that I've been diving into as well. So, yeah, excited to be on this podcast. Excited to be rolling with you, Ronnie. Um, Let's get down to the (laughs) nitty-gritty. 
Absolutely. So the first place I'd love to go with you is how did you get started with your health journey? Because everybody that is on this path and really is on any path, there's a hero's journey theme that starts, right? There's an impetus, there's a catalyst that propels us into a new uh, a new journey in our life, in our health. And so what was that for you? Great question. Well, like everyone, I guess the hero's journey starts from birth. And, you know, I'm going to skip to like the age of two here to what I can remember. Um, I was born with like asthma, chronic asthma condition. By the time I was age two, I'd already been um, revived once by my mom and once by uh, the second time by a doctor um, because uh, I'd stopped breathing and the oxygen um, hadn't gotten to my brain. So, yeah, there was that. <laughs> and then when obviously that happens, you know, the doctors and your family, they get scared. So they put you on medication, you know, what the status quo does. And yeah, I was on a lot of medication, mate, when it comes to um, being a child and interacting with these pharmaceuticals. I was on like um, eight different types of medication right up into my teens. But um, the medication that I was on was steroids and inhalers and type of thing. And they make you crave certain foods, which um, made me crave salt, fat and sugar. Um, not the good kinds that we know are available today. But like, you know, the, the typical kind of Western European diet. Um, I was choosing salts, fats, and sugars, and my diet was loaded with those and, you know, just all the junk. So I got fat. I got really fat. And um, I had acne, um, eczema, psoriasis. This was growing up. I mean, by the time I was age 12, I was a pretty heavy kid, you know, heavier than most kids around me. I was having asthma attacks every night. Um, my skin was just terrible. I got into my teens and, it, it you know, it just kind of got worse. So, um, but I've always been kind of interested in um, like alternative education material. <clears throat> so, um, you know, by the time I was like 16, um, they put me on Ritalin because of all the chemicals I was eating. They said I had a chemical imbalance in my brain, so they drugged me with um, Ritalin and Concerta, um, all of these like really potent neurologically damaging pharmaceutical drugs. Um, and you know that gave me brittle bone. I would break my arms, my like my fingers on, on like small contact, minimal contact with things. Um, with objects and it was just like it was just an issue everything was an issue and I always had something wrong with me fast forward to like 16 <clears throat> 17 um I picked up a book which was um raw eating by um Havana Sin and then I furthered my studies into raw food nutrition with David Wolf's material and when I read that book Havana Sin's raw eating um it just kind of like switched me up into you know exploring raw foodism and bear in mind I was on many different types of medication um like the Ritalin for um, medication for asthma and even steroidal medication for like inflammation and um, acne issues. So it was like altogether 12 different types of pharmaceuticals. It was insane. Um, and uh, when I went, when I read that book, it just like kind of landed in my consciousness to just 
do something about it. I mean, an asthma attack at night will kind of scare you into anything, you know? Um, and it definitely spurred me on to read this book. And when I finished the book, I just switched. I was 100% raw foodist overnight. And, you know, I went to the first thing that I knew was raw, which was fruit. So I became a fruitarian. Mm-hmm. Um, my my um my family thought I was dying within a three week period because I'd lost so much weight. I had an insane detox with like things coming out of my eyes. My lymph system was so backed up at the time. Like my lymph nodes were so inflamed with uh, lymph fluid and just all around inflammation that when I started to drain that by like getting on rebounders and um. Um, having all them fruit acids and enzymes go through me, uh, pulling out all of them protein, all, all of them, the calcification and all the proteins. It just kind of like, the only way I can describe it was like having golf balls move down and through your arms into your like chest and then felt like it was going into your colon. It was the most bizarre experience ever. And it left like a lump of lymph and hard tissue in my back to which I went to a Chinese medical practitioner and he popped it and it was just like all this pus and lymph fluid. It was insanely gross. But it was good to get that release thing going on. And yeah, my family were just um, thinking that, you know, something's gone wrong, but it never felt so right to me, Ronnie. And, you know, the best thing about it is when I went on this lifestyle change, everything changed. I didn't just um, have eczema disappear, but the asthma disappeared and I didn't need my inhalers anymore. And suddenly I, like, my, I could think, even though I felt terrible in a way with all the cleansing, I could think again. And it just spurred me on to kind of um, further in my studies later. So, yeah, that's kind of how I got on. Like, I guess you could call it the hero's journey. And it was just like, you know, I made a really deep decision in myself. And it was kind of like all the universal signs were saying, yep, look, dude, you're going to have to look at this, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty deep. Absolutely. And so much comes up for me when I hear a story like that and knowing you and seeing the work that you've done. It's really encouraging. It's really powerful because so many people in the world don't make it to that point. They didn't get a book on raw food landing into their lap. They, um, they didn't get these these inspired insights that that led them onto a journey. So many people are still suffering in the mundundity, if you will, of the of you know the way that society has kind of anchored in the human experience as we might interpret it, and the limitations that were were put forth with. And so, what I really appreciate about a story like this is that you've been through that. <clears throat> That whole journey of being on pharmaceutical medication, of having inhibitions to your human potential from very early on, and yet somehow, in spite of that, you were able to kind of make it through that journey over to the other side, and that obviously has really um, catapulted you into what you're doing now. Absolutely, Ronnie. And, you know, you said, you said it best right there. And, you know, it's it's interesting what motivation does in terms of completely switching your reality up from what you thought the direction was going in. So, for instance, 
the whole cleansing side of it, the whole introducing food and, you know, switching my lifestyle up and how I actually got that book was a very interesting topic to behold because, you know, where I grew up, Ronnie, in the northeast of England is like, well, let's just say it's not the prettiest place to grow up, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we scarcely have libraries and I just so happened to stumble in this library and, you know, the books in the library in Sunderland where I'm from are hardly like, you know, literature material. (laughs) And this book, Raw Eaton, was in there. This is like the magic of it. This is what I mean about all the universal science. I would just land it in there and then I, I embraced it the way I did. And... I think I, like I think it was always there. There was always a twinkle in my eye. There was always a, um, a longing and a knowing that there's something more, more to this, more to what I know, um, more to what I understand in this current moment. Of course, is the progress of learning, but just all of it. Like when I was a child, it was it was always interesting <clears throat> being the one that was an intuitive. And that a child who could feel as opposed to interacting with even adults who can't feel and intuit. I've always had that ability, always been able to feel people. And now I realize that that, since I've embraced that, that is actually part of the journey. That is part of who I am. I'm able to access information from people that I interact with through this feeling, through this almost extrasensory perception kind of reality if you will um the the ability to tap into people and you know when i embraced that as well ronnie that that made sense to me and it and it made everything seem like it made sense again to me you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah you know what you're saying is really interesting and i i can definitely relate to it and that ability to actually tap into the heart of the matter to connect with someone else's heart is essentially the role of a quote unquote healer or anybody that's put in a position to actually help somebody get to where they are to where they want to go. That's, that's absolutely necessary. And so what it sounds like to me is that the experiences that you've had up to this point have allowed a certain level of relatability where you actually understand where people are coming from, right? Because what I've noticed is that whether it's the health field, it's the personal success field, whatever have you, in order to actually genuinely help somebody, we have to dissolve the bar- the barriers of judgment that we have. And that judgment comes up because we don't truly understand where somebody's at, where they've been, the emotional traumas they've had, possibly the ancestral traumas, the um, the pharmaceutical medications, if that's the case, and so on and so forth. So, uh, you know, a story like yours, that's what clicks for me is that it's, it's like an impetus from the universe or from your soul to go through that journey so you can simply have the reference point in order to help other people. Yes, mate. And you know what? You, you kind of, and I think you were leaning towards that, you know, I think it just takes for someone to give a shit. 
excuse my French, you know, but like literally, man, I mean, I see therapists, I see doctors, I see nutritionists, I see them all. And there's almost this, I'm hiding behind this therapist. I'm hiding behind this doctor, mm. either title or even, um, or, or even the, the mask that they're wearing as that. You know, and it's difficult for them to connect with individuals one to one. And when you do actually care, you take all that aside, you put all that aside, you you completely humble yourself into this, and humble yourself into the moment one on one with the person that you're helping, healing, communicating with, and loving. Actually, then it's a whole different ballgame, in my honest opinion. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's been my experience as well is that I I am pretty much when I'm working with someone, I'm speaking to an audience, even when I'm writing my books, I'm tapping into something that is deeper than just the superficial arrangement of information that I have. It's, It's how do I actually articulate something in a way that is relevant to that person that's relevant to the the spiritual issues that might be coming up for them. How can I holistically bring together some very powerful information that's going to be useful for that person where they're at? Um, and that that's an interesting idea in of itself that wherever somebody is at, there's different phases and stages of life and of healing and disease and, and, and overcoming these things, you know, essentially transformation there's different stages that we all go through. And since everybody is unique, everybody is at a different stage, it requires us to be able to pinpoint the very things that are going to be useful for that person at that current stage. Have you found that? Uh, absolutely. And, you know, this this does lead me into like this readaptation. Now, I know that sounds like some wild element, some food element, but I mean, like readaptation to our surroundings, to our communication, um, adapting back into what it means to be human and what it means to be social creatures again, you know? Mm-hmm. And like this, this social community living and nutritional intake and conversation all of it ronnie has its has its key element in health this is why like when social media grows the information grows and the elements of success become hotter to touch and they boil over and Whatever that may come out of it, whether it be grounded information, whether it be um, scattered information, what we're picking from, as a collective, as a community, if we all get together on board, care enough, I feel that whatever is out there in terms of what we manifest externally from the internal environment, we ground it as a community. And then, only then can information be powerful. Well, very well said. Very well said. I, um, yeah, that's actually a really great kind of uh, nuance is that information is just simply information. But unless you know what to do with that information and then further than that, you actually implement it um, in a way that is consistent. You're making a consistent choice every day 
to further that information's power in your life, then only does it really become real. And you know what? If what is a phrase or a statement from Thich Nhat Hanh if a community and a collective of individuals can't share it? Mm-hmm. You know what? How can Osho be so powerful if individuals such as me and you can't share it? Yes. You know, we yes. we give life as a collective. We give life to ideas to thought, progress, you name it, whatever it may be, we give life to that as a community, as a collective. There is no individuality in terms of who we are bonded to. There is individuality in terms of thoughts and dreams and goals. And this separation only comes from the source field of ideas when we are not integrating in a community environment. And those ideas, when manifest will always look, have a look when you build a company, when you build an idea, when you build something, you need a team, right? You can never do it on your own. And anyone who tries fails. The best entrepreneurs are the ones with the most guided, structured team because they know they can't do it individually. We are collective. We are multidimensional community individuals. That's how we heal. That's how we heal. And same thing with frequency. Um, the only way you can heal with frequency is if you have that one-to-one, and there's got to be a distance, but there's also got to be that one-to-one connection. So um, if, for instance, I'm putting you on um, the frequency machine, a biophoto machine or something like that, and I'm healing you from a distance, I either need to take your picture, I need a hair, or I need some sort of personal imprint from you. I need a good moment with you so I would probably take you out to dinner if I didn't do the 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 picture or um the hair I would probably take you out to dinner have a good time get to know you feel into your resonance and a good practitioner is able to program that resonance and communicate a healing frequency from a distance it's amazing when you look into it Mm -hmm. like that when we go beyond the medicinal side of it, and we get into the community side of it, to the collective side of it, that that energy between, man, this is what Tesla was on, trust me, whether it be electric or not, he was tapping into something far more diverse than electricity here, Um, and I know that some of the the great wizards and alchemists and microscopists and, you know, just some of the greatest people on earth, like Rife, were tapping into this kind of thing as well. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. Right, it's it's like the you know the resonant sig- the resonant signature frequency that each one of us holds, like you know, like the orgone energy that that you know um, Wilhelm Reich was so into, and that idea which has been which has been categorized or explained in different ways. Essentially, it's that resonance signature that is built into each one of us, and that's what connects me to you, you to me. And all of us together is there's a unified field of creation, which is a very real scientifically validated phenomenon that actually makes perfect sense once you just get to that basic conclusion that my thoughts are not secret. My thoughts are actually affecting the whole. And so that that, you know, that that's such a vast and deep topic. And just one to to conclude that thought is that 
whatever we are doing in our personal life, on some level, it is affecting the collective. So even when somebody is thinking about, you know, how do I heal something? How do I heal myself? You have to be able to go from the soul perspective of like, okay, well, what kind of micronized traumas have been imprinted upon me or have I imprinted upon myself? And how can I work from that level? Because the physical manifestation, call it a cancer or an infectious organism of some sort, whatever the case is, those are the manifestations of an internal terrain that is no longer suitable for healthy cells that respire on oxygen. And a lot of that has to do with the emotional and psychological turmoil or conflicts that people have unresolved within them. Absolutely agree. 100% agree. And those emotional turmoils have a physical manifestation and that physical manifestation is through different differentiation and pleomorphism and it is a physical mental spiritual metaphysical act of development and you know it's bringing it back again it's that whole readaptation method like okay this is how we express ourselves through our thoughts this is how our genes are influenced our genetics through our thoughts through our actions how can we swear to and through with this without getting too out of balance in terms of how we express ourselves out of balance what does that mean well we're human and we're mammals those two separate things mean a lot ronnie humans um the human has a spirit the human has Everything that is interconnected cell, like when it comes right down to it, like the the cell side of it, we look at that. We look at the metaphysical side of it, the physiological side of it, all of it. When we look at humans, it's profound, the level of metaphysical, deep, deep physical connection that we have with each other. Now, when we look at mammals we look we're looking from a a physical perspective we're looking at yeah cells again we're looking at the interaction between cells we're looking at chemicals we're looking at biophotons all of this thing right but the human mammalian species is a totally different adapted species it's like i like daniel vitalis's work when it comes to like adaptation but i think it's incomplete Mm, and i also like um some of the some of the stuff out there on rewilding but i think it's incomplete because you know the backwards movement forwards movement uh, approach to diet nutrition lifestyle mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. is a little bit skew whiffed me if if you guys understand that word it's english it means uh, topsy-turvy kind of um it's a little bit topsy-turvy all over and i think when we dial it in and when we're speaking of resonance and connection this way, I think we can get a good inner standard of what it is we're actually mean to readapt. What it is I actually mean to get back on track with the human species as it is and the mammalian species, the human mammalian. Um, that is what I'm exploring. And the biological nutrition approach to it, which is, you know, why I bring it up, is really just an approach to diet and lifestyle that takes into account the important factors 
which are always overlooked, Ronnie, or neglected by other practices. So it's been like a six-year and counting study on human biological diet and lifestyle, which encompasses um, client individuality, anthropology, somatology, epigenetics, indigenous nutrition, so exploring those regions, with a focus on applying like wild adaptation strategies, which... Um, or from careful observation of nature, of course, you know, that's the only way we would look at it, um, as well as individual intuitive guidance. So, like, the person has to know who they are. Mm. And, like, when we are working with people, we we nurture that. Um, and when brought together as a whole, Ronnie, and applied properly, these factors support our clients in living healthy, vital, just they're alive again they're connected again and you know it's everything they deserve to experience because it's everything i deserve to experience an integral part of our practice and what we do with biological nutrition is to harness the power of like uh, things such as advanced modern technologies while remaining connected to our roots as wild humans forming an entirely new approach to well-being like, com- like, completely taking down all diets, all dogmas, everything that we've seen so far, putting it all on the table and like defragmenting and recollaborating. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not only does biological nutrition encourage the consumption of more wild foods, it also facilitates <coughs> a move towards nourishing and genetically traditional foods and lifestyle really including like primal activities like foraging for free food which is basically sovereignty um and the stimuli we encounter from a more natural way of living like being outside uh, that helps to reignite the immune system Uh, you know this and its inception in biological nutrition like that that thing coming to light that that entire experience you know smelling the trees smelling the flowers and actually recognizing these are volatile organic compounds that that when present within your senses do some adjustments to your brain chemistry absolutely dopamine serotonin even things like you know hormones and it's from your entire metabolic system adjusts. It's amazing. Um, we also encourage pure pristine living and show by example how even with like a busy lifestyle, an active lifestyle, we can always make time to incorporate more authentic and primal practices. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a given. Um, so all, all the solutions to challenges we're, we're looking to try to tackle. You know, we're trying to get down to the solution-based orientation and any issues that arise in terms of health and well-being. I'm confident as an individual representing what biological nutrition is that we can tackle the situation no matter what it is. And, you know, this is what the whole practice is, Ronnie. It's, it's getting the readaptation in humans back on track. I love it. I love everything that I'm hearing, and I really appreciate having this conversation with you because, as you said, we've watched each other from afar. We've collaborated in moments in time, 
But now as my own maturation process has evolved as a nutrition specialist and a transformation coach, if you will, um, I've put together all the, the puzzle pieces, or let me rephrase that, I've put together more puzzle pieces and my brain has started to work more holographically where I sit in meditation now, I, I ask sincere questions, and then I just wait for these data points to constellate together as if I was looking at the stars. And so what I'm hearing from you is essentially, in a way, kind of a reflective of a lot of these these constellations that come to me, essentially is that we've we've gone through different rabbit holes we've gone through different ideologies and different um vehicles of nutrition and lifestyle and now what we're realizing is that those served us as transportation vehicles to get us somewhere but now they no longer are adaptable for where we are going they're no longer useful in the sense of having a dogma per se right because you know, it's, it's, it's worn out. It's welcome, right? So like we drop that, we take the things that are useful for us and we move forward with our personal evolutionary path. That's what I'm getting from you. And that's what I really appreciate about your work is because you're hyper specific, you're hyper, um, detailed and you go down the rabbit hole. And that's something that, you know, um, can be triggering for a lot of people when you have a very strong opinion and you've looked at all the different puzzle pieces. So you're coming from a different um, perspective than a lot of people that may still be in that, you know, a little more of that, that, um, you know, I don't want to use the word dogma too much because I want to be a little more sensitive and compassionate. Um, but that that straitjacket, if you will, that still holds you to only one way of being where you're not entertaining the vast arrays of options that are present on the menu board of the universe. Exactly, man. And yeah, you are right on with what you were getting from what I was saying. And yeah, when I, I know you want to be more sensitive, but when you when you said dogma, I mean, I've recently went from like an eight plus year period into a raw foodist into like mm-hmm. now eating mm-hmm. cook food and hunting my own animals and you know that whole entire lifestyle switch up um i'm moving with what i'm called to and i'm moving in the direction of listening a lot more to what's coming in you know like you were saying when you you almost sit in meditation and you, and you wait for it to constellate like the stars you know right on man i'm i'm, I'm definitely feeling that one because that's what it feels like for me also and how it's coming in these days ronnie the information how it's coming in i mean you know if you sat with me ronnie I can see how I antagonize people on online, as you were alluding to. And but if you sat with me, you'd see why people do um, look at me in a certain way. Because I'm like one of those crazy scientists. I'm always under a microscope, behind some sort of information. Don't sleep because I can't sleep because I've got so much stuff to get through. Not because I have to because I want to and because you know I'm just highly functioning in that way it's been that way for a long time for me does it affect my blood no does it affect how I move in and out of this world no am I doing it for me yeah am I doing it for 
a higher purpose also and is it part of something that I want to progress in terms of um, community and humanness again? Absolutely. I mean, when I remove myself from the equation with biological nutrition, with the blood work, with the nutrition in general, what am I left with? I'm left with people and an idea. Mm-hmm. So I take the people, I take the idea and I put them together and I I look at that and I evaluate that and that's what I've been doing physically, metaphorically and metaphysically and emotionally actually because when I work with cancer, I work a lot with a lot of cancer, there's an element and to, there's an element to it that is more of a personality and you get drawn into that personality and you have an emotional connection with that personality. So um, cancer definitely has a personality and it's an interesting one. So, you know, discerning with what you're actually connecting to is also a big one. And how I'm actually working with this pe- these people one-on-one and how I'm treating them and discovering new things about cancer and about viral conditions and um, how these things can be treated. And, you know, for me to function the way I do and for the idea and the research that I put forward in terms of biological nutrition and readapting the human is a one where I feel I'm onto something special. I am definitely onto something. I've put it to scientists. I've put it to physiologists. I've, you know, even put it to your basic nutritionist and they've all said I'm onto something and I know I am. And the reason being is because, you know, I don't just talk to a nutritionist. I don't just talk to this person over here. I go and experience it myself. And I think, you know, this is why you are doing so well, Ronnie, is because you actually experience the things you're talking about. You you immerse yourself in it, right? And I think that is the difference between somebody who just um, speaks on something and actually is... Uh, a profound entity when it comes to being a teacher on this planet and um you know in terms of a public speaker i don't know if i'm one of them in terms of a um researcher i don't know if i'm one of them in terms of giving um the entire world an opportunity that I feel is so profound and so important i do feel i can do that so that's the role i'm stepping into <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's. Uh, thank you so much for sharing from such a transparent um, standpoint. And this is a if people only see the the text that you're relaying on Facebook, for example, they may not actually get a full view of who you really are as a human being. And that's why I really just appreciate the the feedback that we're you know the feedback loop that we're having right now. And one thing I wanted to mention. Um, in, ter- in terms of what you're bringing up about, you know, I don't know if I'm a researcher, I don't know if I'm a, a public speaker per se, you're all of that, right? You're the king, the magician, the warrior, and the lover. Like, it's it's the, the built-in archetypes of the masculine and also the feminine obviously have their counterbalancing archetypes as well. But I really see you as a magician archetypically, but but then you can't get away from the other aspects. So somehow we're dancing through these um, archetypical experiences to find out exactly what our focus is, what is our genius inherently inside of us, and then how can we best use that 
um, come into harmony with that so we can really like conduit some real powerful insights and our life can actually be a testament of our message. Right, Omar, you said it. You said it. And you know what? I'm def- I've definitely recognized my genius recently and I've definitely recognized my masculine recently. Mm-hmm. Two of the most powerful activation methods that I've, that I've activated. I mean, that has been one of the most powerful things I've done. Like the, just even the realization of it and the recognition of it. You know, it's been powerful. Yeah, it's it's funny you say that. I I feel like um, listening to you here. You and me are on parallel paths. We're obviously in different parts of the world. We have a different archetypical expression in a certain way we have a different we're different people essentially right we have a different focus but the commonalities are so glaring right now i didn't actually realize it um and i and i will be honest and say that i was a little um at odds i would say um something inside of myself had been triggered here and there of some of the stuff on facebook and i was like you know, I, I, I see where he's going with that. I really respect the depth of detail, but something about that feels a little antagonistic. I, it's not the it's not the direction I would have gone, whatever the story is. Right. Um, but the but what I want to convey is that my level of respect for you as an individual, as a researcher, as somebody who's really stepping out into the limelight and putting out information and a conviction behind the information that you know is going to empower people. It might trigger some people, but ultimately it's going to empower people. The courage to do that is what I respond to the most. And uh, yeah, I just want to really give you a big props on, on having the courage and really stepping into your inner alchemy. Ned, I appreciate that. And you know what? From, I antagonize everyone. And, but you know what? Right? <laughs> but, you, but you know what, mate? This is what it is, right? I now realize that that is part of who I am, and I accept that now. Mm. When I first started everything, the research, um, the teachings that I'm putting out, you'll notice I'm very different then to how I am now. And like then what it was was like, try not to antagonize people. Try not to say this, try not to say that. Now, Ronnie, I just say it, right? Because how it is is how it is. And as you see, the conviction behind it, what I'm putting out um, is what I'm putting out. The way I put it out is different. People like it. People hate it. People have strong words and love words to say to me. You know, the difference between me and the teachers out there, Ronnie, is that I give a shit, but I really don't give a shit. (laughs) That, thank you thank you for so brilliantly summarizing my own self reflection that's the per- that is the perfect term is that i care so much and because of how much i care i don't yeah it's a paradox exactly. but it makes perfect sense is that if you care about what you're doing in your life you have to not care about what people think about it this is exactly where I'm going with it. And you know what? There's, there's so much conviction to that. 
you know, like the, there's so much to that that I've had to develop over time. And do you know who's been a big mentor with that? Kenny. You know, yes. Kenny. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Been a massive mentor in that, you know, like self realizations, like um, just being in his presence with with his energy with it, and like borrowing like his practices and his meditations and some of um, his material that he's been he's been listening to, and you know, and really taking that in and grounding that, and then coming from my authentic space and adding a little spice here and a touch of cinnamon there, you know, and really coming into my own, Ronnie, knowing who I am, because let's face it, you know who you are, I know who I am, and the signals, the messages, the images that we're putting out there is real, because when I started realizing that this is not about me, yeah, I represent something, but this is not about me. Then I stopped giving a you know what. Mm. You I, know, I, 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 I um, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm knowing that I want to go into a, a new direction with you, but I want to also put a little imprint on what you're saying uh, for my own entertainment. If anything, hopefully someone else gets something out of this. But <laughs> I think of Martin Luther King, right? And I think of him going up there and standing at the podium in front of thousands of people. And you know what he didn't say? He didn't say, ladies and gentlemen, I have a complaint. (laughs) (laughs) And now he said, ladies and gentlemen, I have a dream. Now, why do I mention that? What comes up for me is that if he was thinking of himself, of the pain that he felt, even his brothers and sisters, if he was thinking from that um, myopic perspective, he would have said, I have a complaint. Let's rally. Let's express our anger. But he didn't do that. He said, I have a dream of love and unify and unity between all races, all sexes, all everybody. That is uh, an expanded perspective. And he knew very well that his life could be coming to an end very shortly, but he still was up there to share a dream of, you know, the evolution of humanity. And so that's really like, I want to bring that in because what we're talking about is not just a nice conversation of like, oh, let, you know, love and light. We're talking about something very real that you're experiencing, that I'm experiencing, that a lot of our colleagues are experiencing. And it's an impulse of the divine, if you will. That's how I, I interpret it. It's an impulse of God that's, that is praying for us to wake up. We don't need to necessarily pray to God per se. We need, God is praying that we wake up and actually answer the call. Beautiful, man. Mm. Okay, so that that's pretty. That's 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 totally deep, and we're gonna go sideways from that. That, um, but I appreciate being able to go there. Um, but we have a little extra time on our our radar here, so we're gonna accommodate um, the new direction that we want to go. Um, so what what comes up for me, Graham? And I think you could provide some incredible insight on this. And it's a simple question, just a simple question. What are some of the key distinctions that you've learned in the health field after being into the depths of it and seeing all the puzzle pieces? What are the distinctions that you see that you think are most important? Wow. 
great questions. Um, you see, when I look at a question like that, I it automa- it automatically defragments my brain, right? But then when I've refragmented again, I come to this. Wherever you focus your attention and whatever you focus your attention on, you will reap some sort of result, right? If that's health, well-being, and you focus all out, put your attention on that, you get health and you get well-being. You become the smartest in your field if you just become the most dedicated Mm. in your field. What I see around health is a lack of dedication because there's a lack of will, because there's a lack of love from some belief that has been imposed on the person. Baggage. Like they all used to say. Like the ancients say, don't come with your baggage. Like you go to India, you know, drop the baggage. That's what I see. I see it all the time, Ronnie, and I see in terms of how a person heals, in terms of what a person uses to heal, or even which journey they take, what I see is the differentiation of that. And if you look at the differentiation, we can find history, we can find not being in the present, and we can find looking far too far in the future and believing in your own story that you've created without giving it real discernment. Mm. The foundations of health aren't anything to do with food. The foundations of health aren't anything to do with water. The foundations of health is everything to do with a belief. That's that's very profound. And once again, I'm I'm tickled that it it speaks so clearly to the meditations that I've had. Exactly what you're saying is exactly what I've I've hinted at in a lot of my lectures that I always hint at um, and sometimes more so very clearly have just been putting in people's face in a, in a certain way of um, metaphorically is that what you just said is that where your attention goes, energy flows, and that's a very real strategy that you can use to implement into all areas of your life. And I like what you said that um, health essentially doesn't have anything to do per se with food, with water. I think of water. I think of my my dedication or my my genuine love for the field of spring water and all water. I love I love all of it. But I thought to myself, you know, why am I still a raw food enthusiast? Why am I still a spring water enthusiast? You know, it's like I could easily have been swayed back and forth and yo-yoed all over the place. But why is it that those things have stuck around for me? And I just realized like, A, I accepted that part of me inside my heart that is seeking authenticity, that's seeking something that's natural and, and not superficial, right? Like that comes up for me strongly. And then I also love um, how my body has adapted to these things over the years of, of letting go of the dogma. So essentially, I am actually just responding to what I'm naturally attracted to instead of thinking like, oh, this raw food, like that, that's the way, right? That, that's the way. Or the spring water, that's the way or whatever. 
I'm just responding to, to a natural inclination that's, that's arising for me, and that could be different for somebody else. It's amazing, man. And you know what? Lately, I'm feeling that what I'm selecting in terms of food, it's become so profound, the changes I've seen in my body. You know, because what was happening to me, Roddy, I was going the opposite direction with my food. Like when I was raw, doing the raw food thing and I, you know, I was doing it in a specific way, but I was gaining weight. And, you know, there, there was some things happening to me that I thought, you know, really shouldn't be happening. And I was um, on the herbal practices. I was, you know, well, you know what I've been like, right? You've, mm -hmm, you've tapped mm -hmm. into my journey. And... It still wasn't going right, and it was actually this this all this constant hunger for something. It wasn't a physical hunger, and it wasn't a, a cellular hunger. What it was, it was a hunger to be grounded. And I didn't know that. At all. I was spaced out for years, Ronnie, which is why I sound different now than I did even just a few years ago, I was spaced out, like raw food got me in an, into an amazing place, changed my life, has actually opened doors for me that I thought would never open, I didn't even believe was a door, actually. <laughs> and you know, what raw food has done for me, it's, it's taught me how to clean my body, it's got me back in touch with my body again, with my cells again, with every part of me again, but it's not who I am. Mm. I select raw food. I eat raw food. I eat um, certain supplements and elixirs and this, that, and the other. But where I go, where I go, I go where it feels normal and natural to me, just like you described. I go to where it feels nurturing and where I feel um, fuels my mission, right, as opposed to hinders my mission which is what was happening eventually you know i couldn't ground anything into into practice one-on-one uh, -on -one with clients or one-on-one -on -one with um, an audience it wasn't grounded now the difference between me being grounded and me being spaced out somewhere is integration and that integration has caused um, a massive shift in my reality in how I help and assist people on their journey as well. So, yeah, I'm with you. It's not like we look at water and even though we've done all of our research and we've been spring water hunters for years, right, Ronnie? And mm -hmm. we, we've mm -hmm. been digging into that for a long time, but it's it's something we do, but it's not who we are. We recognize the the, the qualities of that and we recognize the benefits of that. And but it's not something we're latched into. Who we are is who we are right now in this moment. Where we live is exactly where you live as your soul in a physical human body. That is where you live. We don't live at number 10 Downing Street in London. We don't live in Kauai. We live here. It's mm -hmm. really beautiful. And uh, that's something I've been tapping into strongly. And you know, I've been like assisting people onto this path, onto this inner stand and this self real eyes vision. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's 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 really fascinating, and it really speaks so much to my heart. And it's 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 profound. It's it's a sense of profundity um, that you come to a place where you know, like one of the things that you had mentioned that really caught my attention and was a self criticism I have had of myself for many years is that a lot of the health voices are not dedicated. And to that, we mean that they may be dedicated to their marketing. They may be mm-hmm. dedicated to a certain aspect of what they, they talk about. But um, a lot of times people will put themselves in a, in a certain corner of research or understanding. And anything that conflicts with that will be like an antagonization it will it will poke at them it will be something that essentially they they are they are over specialized in one area and um that's kind of something that's going i see that 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 over specialization but with that said one of the self criticisms i've had of myself for years and i don't know if anyone else had this this was just something that i felt for myself was that I wasn't specialized enough. I wasn't, I couldn't speak verbatim the language of a doctor, right? So I was like, somehow that meant to me that I wasn't qualified. But you know what's weird about that whole thing, Graham? Most people, when they have these self-critical thoughts, it stops them. They don't actually keep moving forward or they just play in the nice corner and, and, and that kind of thing and they just stay where they're at. Some, there's some kind of impulse that has been riding me or driving me that despite the self-criticisms, I've been able to rearrange my thought process in a way that gave me a certain level of energy to learn the language of a doctor or a microscopist or someone that I felt like had a certain um, a certain language that I wanted to I wanted to understand their perspective. Therefore, I felt like I had to gap the the language barrier, and so I adopted certain things. And then once I did do that, all that self criticism started to dissolve away because I started to have a little more self respect in that sense. And um, it would be easy to say that, oh, yeah, you're being hard on yourself. And, yeah, that, that's part of who I am, though. You know, I'm, I'm, I am the embodiment of the warrior archetype, and I'm learning to move more into the mag- magician. That's my personal journey. So that's why I really – I think this conversation is touching me on a very ancestral, indigenous, and just a very heartfelt way because – Everything you're sharing is being reflected back to me of like, wow, we're really walking a parallel path here, and it's quite beautiful. Man, that's why I'm excited to like to get over there and bring the microscope and bring everything that I've got going on over here over there. I think it would be a powerful, powerful combination, you know? And in terms of just what we're doing and in terms of what you're doing and the the parallel paths, I mean, reflecting each other the way we are, I feel is a really powerful thing to have in terms of um, this health community because, you know, if we all know what a reflection is, you know, it's it's looking at yourself, looking at what you're projecting out into the external. And, you know, if you are my reflection, Ronnie, I feel pretty good about myself, man. Um, um, yeah, likewise. Yeah, likewise.
Um, you know, I want to give this at least another like 10 minutes. Hey, Ronnie, let, let me just add, did you see the study I did on myself with soy? Yeah, let's talk about that because I did see that. Man, that messed me up for like two and a half months. Um, basically what I did, I went out to Amsterdam and, um, usually when I'm in Amsterdam, I'm at the lab. So, um, for your listeners, um, the lab in, um, is Energize Me, the biological research center in basically the center of Amsterdam. And in there we have like an entire alchemy set up. There's tinctures everywhere, herbs everywhere. We have about four different biophoton machines. We have a total body scanner that is biophor that is a biophoton and it is 99.98% accurate. This machine can scan you right down to your DNA. So there's barely anything that we miss. I mean, usually if people come in with cancer and they're being diagnosed with stage four cancer and, you know, they're being given weeks, we, we put them on the scanner and we usually, a lot of the time, not usually, but a lot of the time have found it to be a misdiagnosis, like Epstein-Barr virus shows up, but not cancer, which, which Epstein-Barr does actually mimic, um, like cancer symptoms. Anyway, we've got, um, the, um, the, the Lakovsky multi-wave oscillator with the Tesla technology in there. Um, we've just, we're loaded out. We've got infrared mats, saunas, you name it. Um, and what I do in there is I bring people in and I assist them with their health. But um, I also get uh, members of my team and we volunteer on each other and we do studies. And, you know, I'm usually studying on myself. Um, it's, it's something I really do like to do. Plus, there's not many people who like to volunteer with the kind of things that I like to study. <laughs> um, so um, I did this study uh, with the soy. I fasted and I did soy isolate, um, soy protein. It was um, whole soy and I did soybean oil, um, and I just ate these. And I did the whole soy, and my kidneys were, you know, it showed up on, on the screen that my kidneys were under a slight bit of stress. And when I did the soy oil, man, my kidneys were wrecked. You could see um, there was limited oxygen supply. Um, my entire immune system had collapsed. My macrophages were like... Um, well, let's just say other than active, um, it, just major amounts of kidney stress. The interesting part of it was that the antitoxin, which returned my blood back to normal, was natokinase. Mm. Yeah, the, the, blood, the, <laughs> the blood thinning it, enzyme. Yeah, uh, coming from soy, which was interesting. And the other interesting part was, uh, which I didn't document or put up on Facebook, but it's logged in my portfolio, of course, is that we took five um, five individuals from Asian origin and five individuals from um, European. And the five um, individuals from Asian origin were put on whole soybean and soy oil. And the Europeans were... Uh, soybean and soy oil the europeans all had basically the same issues as what i had with my kidneys the asians only three uh, no sorry yeah three of them had literally as though not, nothing had been given to them and the other two had a slight differentiation in their kidneys mm. so um which 
it would take a longer study, of course, and a more detailed study. But from my own personal um, study, it tells me that, you know, people from Asian origin are actually in some way adapted to soy, at least more so adapted to tolerate it, not saying that it is a health food for them, but more able to tolerate it. Yes, thank you so much, Graham. Jeez, that's like the point of like, it's such an obvious thing to me at this point. Like when we when when people are still in this argument of like, well, you know, soy, for example, like, well, what about Asians and Japanese people like they eat a little bit of soy and they have, you know, some of the longest living people in the world. It's like, well, that's that is true in essence, but there's all kinds of variables there that are not being looked at or acknowledged in the fact that certain humans have certain enzymes and certain mutations that have allowed them to either adapt to some things or not be able to adapt, whereas people from a European descent or whatever are able to drink alcohol or able to drink milk and Asians don't can't drink milk, whatever that conversation is. It's like it's like you're piercing into the distinctions, right? It's it's actually quite obvious to me, but what you're at, but you're actually doing an experimentation to bridge the science, which I think is really cool. Yeah, man, you know, I thought if these guys, these, you know, those guys aren't going to do it, then I'm, I'm, I better do it myself, right? I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not waiting for some um, highly paid CEO of a pharmaceutical company to even bother to fund me. You know, I know some some big guys in pharmaceutical companies that uh, this I get a lot of information from those guys. It doesn't mean to say I work with them or want to work with them. It's just um, like a reciprocation um, from an old friendship from um, time to time. But yeah, um, when it comes to those studies, it's like, you know, I do it myself. So I find out myself. So there's no middleman. You know, there's there's no agenda there for anything. It's just the only agenda that there is is to find out information, right? <laughs> and I can trust that about myself. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna eat the best food ever, it's highly likely that you kind of avoid restaurants because yeah. somebody's yeah. done it for you, and you know you haven't done it yourself, so you're not entirely sure what's gone into the mix, you know. Yeah, it was. Um, I just released an interview. Uh, at this time, it'll be far, far. You know, once people are listening to this, it'll be far, far. I should say, far removed. But um, I just released an interview from my friend Dan McDonald, and he was saying that I don't even eat anything anybody else prepares for me, like even like raw food, because of the food combining and because of the energetic imprint that they're placing onto the food. So it's like, even at that level. It's it's a pretty sound philosophy. Not to say that you don't ever do that, right? But it's 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 kind of a directive of how you navigate your life um, yeah. based on your principles. Is that I prefer to make my own food most of the time, um, just because I know that when I do it, there's going to be a registration of that food and an activation that's intrinsic to me. Exactly, exactly, man. And you know, you put the love in it, you put the vibration into it, you know, it's intrinsic to your digestive juices because you prepared it with your digestion through the enzymes in your saliva. You know, all of this as a factor or many different factors 
is is pretty powerful in terms of how you receive nutrition from your food as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So let me get into this as well before we dash. Um, I put out. I don't know if you saw it. Um, there was there was a lot I did put out um, about vaccines and vaccine removal. Have you seen this? I have, and I and this is an area I want to go really deep with you in, um, which definitely so. So I want to actually say that I want to bring you back onto the show so we can jump right. We've kind of done like we've laid out the, the kind of foundation. I want to bring you back on so we can really dive deeper into that. Sweet, man. That sounds good. That sounds good to me because I would really like to get into that and some of the stuff that we found out about vaccines and the immune system and how we can actually, um, you know, readjust the immune system to recognize what it is again. Because there's some stuff out there, Ronnie, that we haven't been told more than uh, Nagalis, more than the GC math thing. Um, and this is actually a worldwide thing going on right now. Um and I think everyone needs to know about it, what vaccines are actually doing to the immune system. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty full on. Interesting. Yeah. So beyond the Nogalase enzyme, beyond the GC macrophage activating factor, which I always knew was kind of just like, that's just like, it's a bookmark. Like we're getting closer to something. But the, again, like, because then I, I had a client who was like, you know, this, my naturopath said I need to get on the GC math protein. I'm like, look, like you need to do, you need to like take that money and apply it towards your diet right now because they just found out about that. So clearly that was a factor that was present in the situation before they put a name to it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And by the way, all of Ronnie Landers podcast listeners, he's an exclusive. Want to learn how to make GC math? You take um, raw dairy um, Mm -hmm. jersey milk um, and then you mix colostrum powder in that and you ferment it for 21 days. You strain that off and you get all the coagulated proteins and there's your GC math. Done. Easy. You don't have to pay anything for it. There you go. There There it is. You know, don't don't pay for it. Just make it yourself. There's also other ways you can extract it as well, which we could get into on the next show as well. But um, you know, the, there's there's so many natural remedies out there, and even the negalase enzyme that that can be discussed. How to get um access to manipulating that thing as well. It's you know, it's all out there, and it's right in front of your eyes. Mm. Oh well, I um. It's, it's getting me excited and it's kind of like, oh man, okay, well, we're going to have to schedule another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's for definite, yes, definitely. Uh, yeah, look, thank you so much for coming on and sharing yourself and the wisdom that you have gained and, um, you know, all your work here. You know, where can people find out more directly about your work? Well, it, um, at this present time, it's interesting. I've gone through a lifestyle shift and an entire shift. I mean, literally, I've got a branding team, a marketing team that we're, we're all putting together now. So all of my stuff is literally being like taken down and then built back up. Like, and it feels so good. So everything's being rebranded. Everything's being redirected. You used to be able to catch me at officialgrandjavon.com. That will be up and running again in a few weeks when the website's ready. But you can catch me on YouTube. 
YouTube. You can catch me on Facebook. Loads of free information on that. I mean, it is insane. Um, you can catch me on Facebook, Biological Nutrition. My team and I um, run that page. Um, it's very efficient at um, taking little bites of information with what's out there. Um, yeah, you just catch me online at the moment. I'm going to be doing events and seminars, and I'm in Bristol, the UK most of the time building our tonic bar um, that's all up and running now and it, the launch is going to be in summer um, working in the biological research centre bringing that to Bristol and Chi Whole Foods or Chi Biological um, distributing biological nutrition products out of Bristol and then obviously the educational platform that we've got going on podcasts as well running so I'll be I'll be hitting you up brother so um, that'll be in a few months Um to get that rolling and yeah like a full-on newsreel and everything it's going to be great man um actually operating outside of in, inside of an office feels good and having the whole space to invite people for like um we call it like chocolate clubs where we, we you know we we take raw chocolate and we have um you know like uh, dance nights and we put on some really good music we have meditations this kind of things um you know shamanic circles uh, we invite people from Peru. You know, it's just like really good vibes that we're putting out there. We're having keynote speakers come over. Um, we've got Troy Casey coming over in June. Oh, fuck. Uh, oh fuck. Yeah, yeah, he's flying to the UK. And I was like, hey, bro, do you want to do an event? He's like, sure. Will it be um, a cool evening at the end of it? I was like, you bet you. He's like, I'm there, man. So cool. We got that. And um, yeah, looking at getting people such as yourself, if we can organize that. Just, you know, anyone who's got a high vibe and a good message, man, and who resonates with what we're doing as well so yeah beautiful that's beautiful. super inspiring, super inspiring. I'm, I'm excited about everything that you're putting together it definitely inspires me to um continue to do the work i'm doing and just just bring it all together keep the vibes high keep the good times rolling and uh let's see where this whole thing goes Definitely, man. That's exactly. That's what I'm looking forward to, seeing how far this can go. Because, guys, I'm on it, and I know you're on it, Ronnie. So, you know, let's take it as far as we can. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, wow. Everyone out there listening, thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show with our Highly respected, esteemed, and special guest, Graham Javon, and we will definitely be doing an upcoming interview, hopefully um, very soon, to really go into that nitty-gritty that we kind of gave you a little teaser on, but I really hope that you took this interview in, you took this conversation in, because... The, not just the information, but the depth and, and um, the perspectives and insights that were shared on this episode, I think, are profound. I think, you know, if you've listened to this up to this point, then clearly you got you got some really great things out of it. Listen to it again. Let it let it seep itself into your heart, because, again, as as Graham and I were alluding to earlier your health journey is a journey of your heart and your soul and finding the things that you're naturally attracted to and saying yes to it, growing into it as you say yes to it and dissolving all the baggage that weighs us down. So with that, thank you for tuning in and we will check you out on the next episode. Aloha.